This is Jalen, and you're listening to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast, where you'll get weekly episodes featuring your favorite sermons straight from our in-person Sunday morning services. Check it out. Uh, So today, we're going to be wrapping up a series that we began a couple of weeks ago that's entitled Empowered. I hope you guys have been enjoying this series. Uh, You know, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the word that the Lord put in our hearts for this year, for 2023, is the word? Positioned. Uh, This is a word that I believe the Lord has given to us as a church and that we are constantly in this place month after month having to say, okay, Lord, where am I at today? Am I positioned exactly where you need me to be? And I feel like this series is one of those positioning sermon series that's getting us to where we need to be is we are asking that question, is there something out there that can empower me, that can give me an advantage over all the difficulty that I keep running into at work and at home and in my mind, is there something that can help? And so that's what we've been doing throughout this series is identifying, yes, there is something. And actually it's not a thing, but it's a someone. It's the Holy Spirit. He empowers us as believers. I love what Pastor Don said last week that Jesus was given to the world so that we could be saved and have a relationship with the Father. But the Holy Spirit was given to believers in order to empower us for every good work that you and I could ever encounter. And so that's what we're taking time to do is discover who is Holy Spirit. How can I access him? How can I live in step with him, in relationship with him? And in the, the verse that we're kind of using to frame this series comes out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we're saying, Holy Spirit, teach us, lead us. It's not just a song that we want to sing, but it's actually a posture that we want to take. And uh, I said this in week one, but just as a reminder, I know the Holy Spirit can be an intimidating subject. Uh, whenever we bring that up and begin to talk about Holy Spirit, because different people have different religious beliefs about Holy Spirit. And so I know it can feel a little scary, like, what is he about to say? And so here's what I want you to do. Take a deep breath. Because here's the deal. It's the enemy strategy to confuse us about Holy Spirit. It's the enemy's strategy to divide us over a theological stance on the Holy Spirit. I want you just to sit back for just a moment and remember Holy Spirit is a gift for you. It's a gift that he wants us to receive. And and so my hope is that I can help us with bringing some clarity to who he is and how you and I can live spirit-empowered lives. And so the title of today's message and the direction that we're going here in week three is A Second Filling. A Second Filling. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we invite you to come and to move right now in this place, oh God. I pray that you would settle every heart, that you would settle every mind. And Lord, just as we sang a moment ago, we are asking, Holy Spirit, that you would come and lead me. That you would come and lead us. We're desperate for you. Teach us. Direct us. Fill us. Empower us 
Give us discernment and wisdom for all it is that you've called us to do. God, you are welcome in this place and you're welcome in our hearts. Speak to us now through your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, so there's three points that we're going to jump into pretty quick here in this message. And, and I'm hoping to show you something um, as we study God's Word together, that there's a pattern that, that we're going to see and talk about with the points here in just a moment. But anytime you see a pattern or you see something that's repeated or said again in Scripture, it's important that we take note of it. Uh, because it is God trying to highlight something to us because he doesn't want us to miss it. And so I want you to see that this process is seen all throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even lived out in the example in the life of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture because I want to point this out to you as we see this process, not only that we see in scripture, but that you and I are invited to live in. And so here's point number one. Here's the first step in this pattern that we see throughout Scripture. And it begins with salvation. Salvation is key. You know, we've been talking about salvation quite a bit over the last couple of months as we were in our Easter sermon series. And so we've spent a lot of time, and so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning, but simply defined, salvation is recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. It's recognizing that you're incomplete on your own and you need someone else to help you, to, to save you from the mess that you're in. It's recognizing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to this earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for our sins and was raised back to life so that you and I can have life and relationship with God the Father. And when you make that decision, when you confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart, Scripture says that you are saved. And so that's, in essence, what salvation is. Uh, the Bible tells us that this is something that we need to do in order to have right standing with God the Father. And so when you make that decision, you now have right standing with Him. And so there's a progression that begins here at salvation. Uh, the very next step that we see that's point number two is water baptism. Uh, after you make a decision to follow Jesus, the next step that Scripture teaches us that we should do is to be immersed in water. Uh, the Bible tells us that baptism is all about this kind of outward sign of an inner change that's happened in our life. It's this recognition that when we go underwater and we're immersed in water, that old person that I was, that you were, stays in the water. And when we come up out of that water, we are made new in Jesus Christ. And so water baptism is this public sign that you uh, say in front of friends, family, and your church of saying, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. The man or woman that I was is left in that water. And as I came out, I am now a new person in Jesus Christ. And so that's what water baptism is all about when we're immersed, uh, we are made new in Jesus Christ. And, and so these two things, um, are they all that we need or is there more available to us? And so here's point number three. As we're talking about a second filling this morning, here's a third step that I believe I see throughout Scripture modeled in the life of Jesus that we find as a next step for the church. And that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
So we're going to take some time to look at these three steps, these three, this kind of progression that we're going to see. And I'm going to hopefully outline it for you so that you can see it as well, because I want you to understand that Jesus left and was excited about leaving because he knew what was coming for you and for me. He spoke about a promise that was going to be given to us, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so in this this three-step process, we see the need for Jesus at the time of salvation. We see the importance of being immersed in water so that the old man has gone away and the new man is come. And then we see the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit because Jesus said himself, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. When you see these patterns in Scripture, remember, it's important that you take note of it and don't don't think lightly of it. And so we're going to be looking at that together this morning, and we're going to begin in the Gospels. Uh, If you don't know what the Gospels are, these are the first four books in the New Testament. They were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. And and so they speak to the need and the importance of Holy Spirit. Uh, In all four of these Gospels, you kind of see the same thing that's being highlighted, the death and burial of Jesus, his resurrection, and then the Holy Spirit that comes to baptize you and me. And so let me ask you a question. Is Jesus' life significant and important to us? All right, it's a rhetorical question, right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, not only is his life important, but we are called to model and live our lives the way that Jesus lived his life, right? And so I want you to see this here in just a moment. Before we do, I want you to go, we're going to go to these four gospels because I want you to see the importance of them speaking to this second feeling that was coming. In fact, in all four gospels, this is John the Baptist that's speaking here. Beginning in Matthew 3, verse 11. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, speaking of Jesus. So much greater that I am not even worthy to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It said again in Mark 1.8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, pretty similar to the book of Matthew. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want you to pay attention to this here in John 1, verse 33. He says, I didn't know that he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You see, in all four Gospels, we find the evidence of this baptism with and in the Holy Spirit. And so there's a few things that I want you to catch from this. The first one's this. It's important to understand that the Holy Spirit had not descended and remained on any individual throughout the Old Testament. In fact, the Spirit would come down and descend on individuals, but he would not remain. And so John speaks of something significant here in the New Testament because he says that when the Holy Spirit descends and rests and remains on a man, that's that's the chosen Messiah, my son. 
And so he's making this proclamation. And so as the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, he rested and he remained in Jesus. And so we have to think about this. If Jesus, who is God, needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I as mere mortals and broken human beings need the empowerment and fulfillment of the Holy Spirit in our everyday running around lives? You know, it's important to note here that we only see Jesus functioning in the gifts of the Spirit after He was baptized and the dove, the Holy Spirit, descended on him and remained on him. You know, I can remember back as I was preparing for this series and this message, I can remember uh, I grew up in a a pretty conservative church that Holy Spirit was almost like a bad word. Uh, He wasn't really spoken about much because they didn't fully understand Holy Spirit. Uh, And so when I as I grew up, um, I accept the Lord at a young age, as I grew up and I went to Bible college, I began to all of a sudden discover that, okay, up until then, I could define God as being in this box right here. Anything and everything about him, I knew what it looked like. It was predictable. It was tangible. Like there was nothing that colored outside of the lines. God remained inside of this box and he didn't go outside of it or that was just that was, that was the, what the Pentecostals did, right? <laughs> uh, and so that was kind of my understanding of growing up. And then as I begin to come to this understanding of who Holy Spirit is, the gifts that he wants to offer to us, all that he can do is he, as we live in relationship with him, my eyes were just opened and, and my life was changed because there is so much more to learn and discover. And so can I just tell you for just a moment, if you think you're smarter than anybody else in the room right now, you're probably not. If you think that you have God all figured out, more so than the person sitting beside you, you probably don't. You probably see in part and know in part and have a pretty good understanding. But listen, this is a lifelong journey of walking in relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are constantly in this place of needing to be open-handed and saying, teach me more. Help me to experience more. I want to know the things that you have in store for me. And so I just want to encourage you guys in that this morning. Turn over to Acts 1. Uh, We read verse 8 just a little bit ago as we were kind of framing the series. Now I want to read verses 4 and 5 of Acts chapter 1. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had been teaching them about a gift that was coming. It was a promise that they would see, and it was the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, wait here until you've received the gift. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. Now we're going to look at verses 37 and 38. We're going to see a story here as the disciples begin being sent out and doing ministry. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Jesus replied, Each of you must repent of your sins, pay attention to the, the, the pattern, the progression. 
Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, next step, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the progression that we were just talking about? Salvation, water baptism, and then baptism in the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Acts 8. It doesn't just happen once. Turn over to Acts 8. We're going to look at another story. We're just going to look at a few verses together. But this is verse 12 of Acts chapter 8. It says, But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. So what happened here? They responded to the good news. They became saved. And then they were water baptized. Skip down to verses 14 through 16. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so there's a progression once again here. They accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. They were saved. They were water baptized. And then they received the gift of the Holy Spirit when they prayed for them and laid hands on them. You see, when we get saved, I talked about this in week one. And so if you missed that message, you might want to go back and listen to it. I do believe that when we get saved, that we do receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. And I use these words and I told you I was going to come back and explain them later. But at the moment of salvation, I believe the Holy Spirit indwells the believers. Write that word down. I believe the Holy Spirit indwells believers at the moment of salvation. But there's more. And the next step is is a second filling that I believe you and I can receive from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is sent to infill and empower believers. And so those are two different things. There's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and then there's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's a moment where you and I, just like we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we respond to the good news of the cross, what Jesus came to do for us. And so we respond to that news of what Jesus did for us. And we receive and walk in salvation. In obedience, we walk in water baptism. But then I think we also kind of have to grow in this understanding of what does it look like to walk in relationship with the Lord? And then I think there's something that is offered to us, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the second infilling that you and I can receive because we, as we begin to grow and mature, we're finally at this place of realizing that, okay, Holy Spirit was given to me as a gift, and now I need to learn how to activate Him in my life. I need, I need to learn the things that He can give to me and teach me. And so just like you surrendered your life to Jesus, I think you also have to make a decision to surrender your life to Holy Spirit. And so I have to believe that's what the, what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is all about. We see in the New Testament, whenever an emergency arose, the disciples in the early church sought for a fresh infilling of the Spirit. They were already baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I think it's important that we continue to allow Holy Spirit to lead us every area of our life. And what this is all about is it's overflowing, all right? If I had my water bottle here right now, Right now, it's about halfway empty. 
Some of us are this way this morning as we showed up to church. We're half empty. And so when we go into the presence of God and to worship, we just show up just so that we can fill up our own bottle. But, but the idea of allowing Holy Spirit to overflow, we want him to overflow in our life. That means we need to be filled up. But we need to allow him to be able to overflow so that the gifts of the Spirit can begin to flow out of us, not just in us to build us up and to equip us as believers, but to have boldness so that we can boldly go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ so that we can have discernment for the difficulty of life that comes our way, so that we can have a word of encouragement that we can share with our brother and our sister because of what they're going through. And so we allow Holy Spirit to overflow our cups so that we can be a light to the world that is around us and to each other. And so the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it empowers us to walk in step with Holy Spirit. We can walk together. The baptism, this baptism activates the believer in power. It's a process of fully surrendering and dedicating our lives to, to following Holy Spirit. It's something that we choose It's something that we have to ask for, and then it's something that we can receive. Oftentimes, it's received through the listening of the Word. As we're going through this series and talking about how Holy Spirit empowers us, and you're beginning to understand this truth and how He walked with Jesus, how He walked with the disciples, and we can learn how He can walk with me. When we come into that understanding of truth, then we're able to respond to it and say, I want it. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. As we see this model throughout the New Testament, it was oftentimes that people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit when hands were laid of the disciples and, and they were prayed over. Here's another example of this in Acts chapter 19. Turn over to Acts chapter 19. I told you I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning. Acts 19, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth... Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus, on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. That's what it was like for me growing up in the church that I was in. I haven't even heard of Holy Spirit. And so Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There's a progression. They got saved, they were water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ at about seven or eight years old. I don't remember exactly the age I was at, but I can remember the moment when I made that decision to surrender my life to the Lord. And so it was at that moment where I became saved. And so as any good church will do, they will help you with understanding that next step that we should take is water baptism, publicly making a decision that we are now following Jesus with our life. The old man's washed away. The new man is now um, here living inside of me. And so I was water baptized, and uh, over the next 12 years, I kind of went on a journey. 
of growing up and being discipled and had some really incredible people that spoke into my life. And as I went to Bible college and um, began serving uh, on part-time at a, at a church, uh, our pastor kind of came alongside of me and really helped me with this uh, next step. And uh, he'd asked me that question, Blake, have you ever received that baptism in the Holy Spirit? And I said, no, but I've been learning about it. I've been observing it. I've been asking a whole lot of questions, but I, I'm, I'm still just a little bit scared of it. That was where I was at. He said, that's absolutely okay. And so over the next couple of weeks, he gave me scripture. We prayed together. He answered any questions that I had. And then he said, if, is this something that you want to receive? I said, yes. And so he invited my wife and I over to their home. And we were sitting right there in their living room. They anointed me with oil. My pastors laid hands on me. My wife laid hands on me. And they prayed that I would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that night I did. And it's hard to fully explain to you what happened, but all that I can tell you is something changed that day. Something different happened. There was something in my belly and my gut and my life that gave me boldness like I'd never had before. I did speak in tongues that night, even though I don't think everyone does when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But that night I did, and I've been gifted a prayer language that I'm so thankful for. And my hope for many of you as you grow in this and as you surrender your life to Holy Spirit is that one day you will have that prayer language as well, because I'm so thankful. This past week I was with one of our kids was having a really bad day, like not listening to anybody. In fact, I was... At coffee meeting with Will Ryan, when Christina called and said, you need to get home and deal with your son. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, <clears throat> after Will and I were done meeting, I went, put him on my car and said, you sit there, you shut up and you just be quiet for a minute. And we drove and it was quiet. And we went to a park and we sit down and then we had a conversation. But leading up to that time, I had about five minutes before he showed up before Christina dropped him off with me. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I need your leading and your guiding and your direction here as I'm parenting. Because so much on the inside of me just wants to punish him because he's not listening to his mom. He's being bullheaded. He's running away. He's not doing what he's supposed to. So much of me just wants to lay down the hammer. I mean, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you gotta lay down the hammer, all right? But Holy Spirit said, that's not for today. He said, that's not for today. You just need to love your son and have some intentional conversation. I'm not going to tell you what to say right now, but in the moment when you start having a conversation with him, I'm going to give you the words that you need. And we went from him being emotional and out of control to the next moment, all of a sudden, everything was just as it should be. And he was crying and we were talking and I, I said, I'm about to tell you who it was. It was Logan, right? <laughs> As I told Logan, I said, listen, I don't know everything that's going on, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over you because Scripture teaches us that we can allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us because sometimes we don't know what to pray, but Holy Spirit does know what needs to be prayed. And so I explained that to him and I prayed over him in the spirit and we've just seen a totally different Logan since that day. And I'm so thankful for those moments and how he empowers us, helps us with the everyday Shaking stuff. And uh, I wasn't planning on sharing that this morning, but uh, I feel like the Lord wanted you to know that he wants to help you with everything that's coming your way in your business, in your job, in your marriage, in your parenting, all aspects, the Holy Spirit is called to be our helper, our encourager. 
And so we're seeing a pattern as we go through scripture here, right? We're seeing a salvation, water baptism, and then we are seeing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so how many of those things are there? There's three. The number three is pretty significant in scripture. Uh, It means wholeness. It's one of the numbers of perfection. Uh, It's one of the numbers of completeness. In fact, we believe in the Godhead, the Holy Trinity. We believe that there's three persons and one God. Father God, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's three of them. Now, I want you to pay attention to this as we're not only just looking at, at a pattern in a progress, but I want you to see the significance of these three things and how they bring completeness and wholeness to us as believers. 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says this, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water, baptism in water, water baptism, number one, By the shedding of his blood on the cross, that's what gave us salvation, number two. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, number three, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. That this passage in 1 John is teaching us that there are three things that confirm that we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. The blood, which was shed by Jesus so that we can have salvation. The immersion in water as we're water baptized. And the, and the Holy Spirit as we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so you and I, we can live a Spirit-empowered life when we receive this second filling this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to take you to the Old Testament. I want you to see this pattern. I want you to see the significance of this number three that brings wholeness and completeness. Uh, and, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I know I just said the Old Testament. Keep tracking with me for a moment. It's going to make a reference to the Old Testament because it wants to pull something out and show us something here. So check this out in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud, that's the Holy Spirit, that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea, water baptism, on dry ground, in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses." That this is a reference to salvation through Jesus Christ. It was these three things. Now, I want to I show you something else. There's the, the tabernacle in the Old Testament. If you're familiar with the tabernacle, you can read and study this on your own. I don't have time to explain the whole thing. Uh, but there's the tabernacle that's found in the book of Exodus. Um, God was in this Ark of the Covenant, and he went with the, uh, God's people everywhere they went, and his presence was housed inside of this Ark. And so they built a tabernacle around this Ark. And so there was some things that were required that you had to do in order to be able to get into this presence where God was. And so once again, it's the number three. And once again, you're going to see this progression walked out. It's three distinct steps. All right, Uh, these three things were required in order to be in the presence of God. It began at the altar. 
The altar is where they would shed the blood of animals, of the lamb, of, of goats, of rams, of, of the ox. And blood had to be shed because there was a price to pay for our sins. And so there was the altar, which represents what? The blood that was poured out by Jesus Christ for our sins because it had to be paid for. The second thing, the second station that you had to go through was the, the station where there was the laver. And this, this was like a, a fountain. This was a place where water had to, w- would wash away the things that no longer needed to be there. And so this was kind of like this representation of water baptism. And then the last station that you had to go to before entering into the presence of God was the flask where you were anointed with oil which is a representation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's all just a big coincidence, right? Or is there purpose behind it? We've seen in the Old Testament. We've seen in the New Testament. We've seen in the life of Jesus, there's a progression. Salvation, water baptism, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. You see, this is significant because when you walk through all three, wholeness and completeness is brought to your life. Everything that God intends for you to have and to operate in as a believer, you receive as you complete these three steps. There is a second filling, and it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe most of us in here have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior awesome. Most of us have made that decision to follow Jesus with our lives. And so we've walked out salvation and we've became new men and new women in Christ Jesus. And most of us that have been saved, we too have been water baptized. And so the old man was washed away and behold, we are now a new creation. Most of us in here, I believe, have walked through that. And I just want to take a side note here for just a moment as we're heading into the summer. We're already beginning plans and looking at calendar because we want to do a water baptism service at a lake here locally. Uh, And so if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you've never been water baptized, that's the next step for you. And so if that's something you're interested in doing, please let me know because that's something we're going to be planning and, and prepping for here in the coming weeks. But, um, and so maybe you're even in this place too of where a long time ago you followed Jesus, but you stopped somewhere along the way. But you're kind of realizing that I need to get back in church. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. And maybe you too should be baptized a second time. Just as this way of saying, Lord, my life is committed to you. And so for those of us that have been saved, for those of us that have been water baptized, I've got to ask you a question now. Have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Have you received him? There is a second filling in me as your pastor. I want you to walk in this power that is given to us as believers. Will you receive it today? Jesus walked these three things out. We see it modeled in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, with the early church. And so the invitation now is being extended to you and to me. And so in closing, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And as you're standing to your feet, I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. And there's a a question that we ask at the end of every single service. And this is the question. 
Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? And so right there where you're at, I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to take just a moment to allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I want you just to take just a moment to think about this amazing gift of Holy Spirit. And all it is that he can do in the life of a believer. And now as your pastor, my job is to teach you, is to instruct you, is to walk alongside of you and help you. But I cannot make a single decision for you. You have to decide. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, will you make that decision to surrender your life to him? If you're here and you need to be water baptized, will you make that decision and that next step of publicly making a declaration that I am choosing to follow Jesus with my life? And lastly, if you're here and you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, will you receive him? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're here in this place right now and you have never received the second filling, and if you want to, would you just raise your hand? Maybe you're even here today. Just like I explained a moment ago, maybe your cup's dry. Maybe you're weary, worn out. You feel like you're being crushed by the weight of the world. And you know you're not operating in the fullness of the Spirit. And if you want to receive a fresh and filling of the Spirit... Just reach your hands out to him. I believe he wants to touch us today. I believe he doesn't want to just give us a portion that's satisfactory for for me and for you, but he wants us to overflow. You're not meant to live this life for yourself. You're meant to live this life to build God's kingdom to be a witness, to go out and share the good news, to pray for the sick, to deliver those that are bound up with sin. Will you choose today and say, Holy Spirit, flow in me and through me and overflow. I so badly want you to make that decision. I don't just want to be a church where it's just Come one Sunday to the next and things just keep kind of going how they are. We're on cruise control, going through the motions. But I want us to be a spirit-empowered church that's fulfilling our vision to be the people of God in the community to impact the community. So right there you're at, we just begin to receive boldness the Holy Spirit wants to give to you. Right there where you're at, would you receive freedom that he wants to give to you so that you are no longer bound up by some sin pattern, 
some way of living, and will you receive the newness of Jesus Christ right now? Holy Spirit, come and fill us today. If you're tired of your marriage being mediocre, if you're tired of seeing a generation that's lost and falling away from, the, from church and from Jesus, ask for a fresh revelation of what you can do in your marriage to make it vibrant again. Ask for the Lord to give you passion and a desire to see this next generation following after the heart of the, God, of the, the, heart of the Father. He will empower you. He will equip you. And if you're tired of getting stuck in your head of depression and anxiety and just the weight of the world overwhelming you, Submit your life to Holy Spirit and he will give you freedom in Jesus' name. Receive it. If God's word has become dull to you, if you're just going through the motions of reading it once or twice a week and it no longer offers you life, abundant life, Can I just encourage you for a moment that Holy Spirit teaches us what God's word is meant to say to us? Would you say, Holy Spirit, make your word come alive in my heart. If you've got a family member that's around you and they aren't where they should be, say, Holy Spirit, help me help them. Give me a prophetic word that I can share. Help me be a light. Go with me as I go and speak to them and guide my words. May they not be my own, but may they be spirit-led. And these are just some of the things that Holy Spirit can do. (laughs) So again, I ask you, will you receive him? If you feel comfortable in this place, just lift your hands towards heaven. I'm going to pray over us. And in a moment, when we dismiss, if you want us as a, me as your pastor, us as elders, to be able to pray over you to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit, then we'll be available afterwards to pray over you and for you. And so, Father God, we come to you today with hands raised, with hearts lifted to you. And we say we surrender all. Thanks for tuning in. If what you heard today was inspirational or transformative, tell us about it. We love your feedback. For more information on how you can get connected, check us out at firmfoundation.church.